Welcome to Monkey Off My Backlog, the podcast where we exercise our pop culture demons by tackling our media to-do lists one week at a time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me are my co-hosts, Tessa. Hello. And Dr. Sam. Tadayama. It's another bonus Spooktober episode for my wonderful co-hosts. Tessa and Sam agreed to consume whatever media I told them to. Truly the worst horror. Or the best horror. Or the best horror? I don't know. Instead of making them watch 20 hours of straight-to-video CGI Barbie movies, I thought I'd force them to watch some of the more impactful stories in my life. So that's so that's 50 hours of Barbie, right? Yes, 50 hours of Barbie. That's right. 20 hours of straight-to-CGI video, but the 50 hours of Barbie is really much more impactful. You really need the, that third rewatch of Rapunzel Barbie to to really, really grasp the impact. Anyway. I mean, there's just so much subtext. There is. You can't get it in one watch. There is, especially if you played the point-and-click game that came for free with your box of cereal. Is it better than Peppa Pig? Hey, no. Nothing is better than Peppa Pig. All right? (laughs) Peppa Pig is so funny and amazing. But we are we will talk about one thing that I do love more than Peppa Pig, my number one franchise. But they're only going to get to the stuff before it gets good because One Piece is very long. All right. So, first up, I made you guys watch Odd Taxi. Mm-hmm. Sam, Tessa, would you like to discuss what Odd Taxi is? So, it's a guy who drives a taxi and he is Odd, or or, it's about a guy who drives a taxi, and the circumstances that surround his life are odd. Or or or, it's about a guy who drives a taxi, and the people who get into his taxi are odd. Or or, hear me out. It's all of those. Just kind of wondering here, Sam. What's the guy's name? You're asking the wrong person for that. <laughs> Is it Odin Odakawa? Close. Odakawa. Odakawa. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that right if we were watching something in English. I don't remember. Yeah. Right. right Sorry. Right. You try again. It's the it's the walrus guy. The okay. walrus guy. What are you talking about, walrus guy? Sam, is is there something weird about this? Uh huh. It's like Bojack because it's anthrop because it's anthropomorphic animals. Wouldn't it be the characters? Anthropomorphized animals? Yes. Mm-hmm. Anthropomorphic is fine. I've heard it both ways. I don't know. Anthropomorphic English. is fine. Look, I'm gonna trust you. Because of what you're getting your degree in. All right? All right? I'm going to trust you because you're an English major. You both are English majors. So maybe you might know something about grammar. But don't think for a second that'll stop me from trying to be pedantic to you two. Well, don't think that's going to stop us from correcting you. Okay. So, all right, uh, 
This this is best described, I think. I, I recently learned this term, and I, I really like it, as a, a hyperlink story. Other hyperlink stories include Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Fargo, Pulp Fiction, almost a, a stream of consciousness. Um, so, how, uh, how far did you guys get into this? What episode did we get to? Eight up. We watched all the way through episode eight. I believe there's 13. Is that correct? Yes, yes. There, there, are, there are 13. Okay, okay. Um, because one of, one, one of the, the, uh, the joys of a, of a hyperlink and story in general is seeing all the threads come together in a way that was probably foreseeable by the viewers if you, if you were paying enough attention to everything. So, but you guys did not get to that moment of this story. They're starting to. They're starting to sort of coalesce into, uh, they're starting to interact with each other in ways that are sort of propelling them towards the end of the story. Yeah, there's, there's pretty much, Odakawa has put together, so he thinks, uh, most of the big mysteries. There are a couple that are still outstanding, which is the one surrounding him, but we've gotten some more insight on that. Uh, vis-a-vis his history, the one really loose thread is the Keshigomu uh, mystery. Like, that just seems to be the weird vendetta. And that was, what, episode four was devoted to the 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 mysterious Keshigomu scenario, which, by the way, definitely hit me very hard because... I definitely had my own Keshigomu experience in Japan, so it was really fun. What the heck does Keshigomu mean, Sam? Like you, the audience doesn't know; they haven't watched Odd Taxi. We're not we're not discussing anything about it to let the audience know. Tell me about Odd Taxi. What is Keshigomu? So this is a thing that's happened. It it happens less and less because it's been how long has it been? Let's see, twenty. Seven years, I guess, since I lived there. But especially when watching something like this, you know, one of the things about Japanese that's really fascinating, and if you're watching uh, something and and reading the subtitles as opposed to uh, a dub, you'll often hear a word that sounds, word or a phrase that sounds exactly like um, whatever the subtitle is at the bottom, which is which is interesting because. So there's an entire, um, an entire alphabet, uh, visual alphabet in Japanese devoted to foreign words. And so basically, it's like a Japanized pronunciation of foreign words. What happens to me, and so you hear English words that are essentially just dropped into the language that way. And there are reasons for that. But it works in reverse for me, and Keshigomu is one of those. Keshigomu is an eraser. And and that's one of the big threads in the show is this uh, fetish obsession uh, that this one character has with erasers, which I can tell you is a real thing. Don't you still have a Kashigomo? So I am not sure if I still have it. Uh, the story is so um, most people have like the basic standard kind of uh, one, one and a half inch Momo eraser. And, you know, that's what you use because the pencil's on top of the, the eraser on top of a pencil is for losers. 
So we all had these. And one time I was working with um, a junior high student at the place I worked. And I and she had this like comically large eraser, uh, Momo eraser. And I said, that is the biggest Keshigo move I've ever seen. And she said, oh, that's nothing. And so at Christmas, she gave me a Momo, a Momo Keshigomu that was the size of a Hershey bar. And and I don't know if I still have that or not, but it was a it was man, it was something. Now uh, I should also go on and just say how this 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 particular story thread is about kids collecting animal shaped erasers and kind of you know comparing them. It's almost like pogs, basically. Yeah, infinitely more useful than pogs, but yeah. Hogs have uses. I'm sure. I'm sure no, they, they do. No, they don't. That episode took a real turn <laughs> at the end. Like I, like it was so strange because, like you said, this is a hyperlinked story, which I appreciate. I actually really enjoy those types of stories, and there are definitely some really dark undertones to this story. You know, there's the whole thing where it's like there's been a kidnapping of a high school girl and, you know, is the taxi driver involved in it? Is he not involved with it? There's like some crime elements. Yeah, yeah. the the main mystery that we haven't even mentioned that someone was murdered. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a lot of this. And then suddenly we get this episode. I Like you said, I think it's episode four where we get this entire monologue from the perspective of this character that we haven't even seen yet about like competing over Keshigomu as a child and like stealing his brother's credit card and like trying to bid what what did you say it was in in US dollars like thousands and thousands of yeah. dollars on it, like million of yen it, on this it ended up being a thousand dollars yeah like like a lot of money on this very rare, expensive dodo, dodo, right? It's a dodo, Keshigomu. And then, like, being, like, basically being scammed out of all this money, getting beaten up by his father, and then as an adult becoming obsessed with this game in which you have to try to collect these animals and he's trying to collect this dodo. Like, and I was like, this is such a bizarre and yet engrossing story. And then it takes like a real turn when it becomes when you realize how it's connected to like the the main story and it's like now it's like Chekhov's like eraser. Like I don't I don't even know like where this is going yet. That's like the one where I'm like I just don't even know how this is going to tie back in. But like the rest of them I can kind of see how they're all connected to each other. I mean, so far really it's just the taxi driver that connects everything, but you're starting to see some of those other connections as well. It's really interesting. Like, I very rarely see animated shows that have this level of, yeah, that tell stories like this. Usually they're not like this. Usually stories like this are, like you said, they're shows like Fargo or they're shows or, or they're films like Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels, Two Smoking Barrels, which I did, this really reminded me of that in a lot of ways, except for it is also incredibly Japanese not that I know that much about Japanese culture but I can kind of like there's definite this is taking place in a city in Japan and there's a lot of that type of culture going on it is taking place in Tokyo I really want to just like discuss some of these characters because you have uh Goroki who is uh the doctor who 
who is a gorilla. And there and there's a great scene early on with him and Odakawa where where the word Bruce Springsteen gets said a lot. And <laughs> that Bruce Springsteen. No. Yeah. That uh it, that that scene just kind of made me fall in love with the dialogue of this show. Yeah. The the argument over whether Bruce Springsteen or Stevie Wonder is the MVP, which gets called back like a couple of scenes later. Right, right. Uh, there, there is. Doesn't a... she say that Cindy Lauper is actually the MVP of the, the, the We Are the World video? The llama, the the llama nurse character, who's probably my favorite. She's an alpaca. We we had a whole debate on what char- like what animal she was. She's delightful. Yes, whatever yes. she is. Yes, she she she's an alpaca, and that becomes very important later. So, oh, okay. Who has a very fun hobby too? The the Brazilian dance fighting. Oh, yeah. Capoeira. Capoeira. Yeah. Previously, previously known primarily for its appearance in Bob's Burgers, of course. <laughs> uh, there, there's a uh, a comedic duo who's uh you, you know not that great, but they're called the Homo Sapiens and. Uh, it's a warthog and a horse. I think uh, it's hilarious because at least in BoJack Horseman, there are humans. Like mm-hmm. humans exist simultaneously as these anthropomorphic animals. I think it's really funny that there are no humans in this universe. They're all anthropomorphic animals. And yet there is a comedy duo called the Homo Sapiens. Right, right. Uh, I, uh, there's also a, um, an idol-obsessed kid who... Uh, who just loves this one idol group called Mystery Kiss. The there's the idol group themselves are a character. There's Dobu is a baboon and he's a gangster. Uh there there's just so many fun and inventive characters. There's another gangster who only talks in rap. Yeah, um, that, guy, just, that guy's pretty awesome. We just got to that episode. Yeah. Uh and and rides around on a scooter like he he's a he's almost like Joe Pesci. Like, <laughs> like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. Uh, he's on a scooter. He he's very violent, but he only talks in Japanese raps, which is so much fun. Uh, the the show is just incredibly clever. There there's a lot of themes that I, unfortunately we really can't discuss because you guys haven't gotten to uh the the crescendo episodes where everything comes together. Uh, but did you enjoy it? Yes. Do you want to tell Andy about the Mr. Children? Yeah. Well, I know Andy wants to talk about, I'm sure, what this would look like if it was made here instead of there. Absolutely. You know what? Yeah. Let's do that right now. So, what would this look like if it was made for Western audiences? Less good. Um, I mean, maybe if Raphael Bob Waxberg got his hands on it or uh, Lisa Hannah Walt. Um, you know, who is the 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 brain person behind Tuca and Birdie. Like, I I would only trust those two people and those two people only. Unless one of them said this other person can do it, then I would trust them by extension. You know, the the nice thing about this is and it, and really it's not nice for a Western audience because there are a lot of cultural references that you're gonna miss. 
And I'm not saying I got all of them by any means, but there's this throwaway reference to everything being black and white, like a Mr. Children's song. And, and which is super great because like Mr. Children is like the most melodramatic. It's just the, some of the most melodramatic music I've ever heard, period. Um, and, and I just, I, I love them so much. After we watched that episode, I made Tessa watch. Uh, the music video for the song Tomorrow Never Knows, which was a huge hit. It was the theme song for a J-drama called Wakamono no Spete that had one of the the main, the Justin Timberlake analog from SMAP in it, which is hilarious because all of these cultural references are embedded across music and TV more so than we're used to here. So there, you know, there were things like that that I thought were hilarious that obviously don't translate at all. And so we tend to do in-jokes, pop culture in-jokes differently, uh, a lot less subtly, I will say. So that, that would be the main thing, I think, that would be um, lost in adaptation, let's say. What about you, Tessa? Do you think this, this would be different? In- oh, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, but I don't, I, I don't think it needs to be remade. I think it's great. I, I just, it is very culturally situated in Tokyo. And yet, as someone who has only really dabbled in anime and who has never lived in Japan, doesn't have a lot of exposure to Japanese culture, I still really enjoyed it. I, I really, really liked it. And I, I think the characters are hilarious and fascinating and interact with each other in a way that makes sense. So I I just think that this is this is good and you know western it's not too much for a western audience either. I I believe in western audiences. I think they can get there if they want to. So uh I I will say that you guys haven't gotten to what I think is the 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 best part of this where you know and it's it's definitely the payoff for everything because everything is paid off and even if you don't think it's going to be paid off it is paid off. But when when Sarah and I finished watching this, we, we both said to each other, we need to, all of our friends need to watch this, but none of them will, because this is an anime. Uh, but not only is this an anime, this is a hard ask to start. Yeah, I don't know if I would have necessarily, I, like, I went in cold. Like, you just said, like, watch this anime, and I'll watch, and I watched it. And I'm pretty game for most things that are animated. Like, I just don't know that much about anime, and there's just so much of it, it can get a little overwhelming to know, like, which ones are good, which ones aren't. And so I'm glad, first of all, that you said watch this anime, because I was like, all right, cool, I'll watch it. I, I I will literally watch almost anything that's animated. Like, my friend the other night was like, do you want to watch a movie? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, it's animated. And I was like, you know me so well. Um, what so movie was it? It was uh, Batman uh, Mask of the Phantasm. No. Oh. Which, which I had never seen before. So that was that was interesting. But yeah, I, I had no idea what this was going into it. I had no idea what, ki- what kind of show this would be. It took me a couple of episodes to really be like, oh, okay. Like, I thought maybe, like, he was going to turn out to be, like, a supernatural taxi driver from the name of it. Like, I was like, I don't know. Maybe he, like, buries the dead. Like, I, you know, like, I had all these, like, I don't, odd taxi. Still Still could could be. be. Yeah, I guess that has not been confirmed yet. But 
I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I, this is definitely something that I never would have really picked up on my own, but I'd recommend it for sure. So I actually don't think it's that hard of a sell. I think you just have to sell it the right way. Um, you said this before, and you goaded me into saying the other part earlier. Basically, all you have to do is say it's Tarantino meets Bojack in Japanese. I don't really think that's a hard sell. And maybe it's not, but one of the problems with this is it is only available on Crunchyroll. And Crunchyroll mm-hmm. is an anime streaming service. So, But you don't have to subscribe. You can watch it for free on Crunchyroll if you don't mind the most discordant KFC commercials. It's great. It's great because the way that they do the ads, it's not a hard cut. And so the audio starts over the last half second or so of the actual stuff that's happening. So it's like all of a sudden, whatever character speaks last is, is like channeling the colonel for a second. It's so, it feels right in context. But so anyway. Which is great because one of the characters is obsessed with fried chicken too. So it kind of, like, it actually always took me a second to realize we were into a commercial because I was like, oh yeah, just fried chicken. Like, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be honest, this this show is actually the reason why I came up with the Andy Assigns thing. I was like, oh my god, I I I need to make somebody watch this to one to justify this and two, just just to like really kind of demonstrate that uh, anime isn't just uh, you know Miyazaki or um, or Naruto and and weird other stuff. It sometimes it is something that would just go over so well with uh with mainstream western audiences if they just gave it a shot can i ask you a question as someone who hasn't seen the rest of the season is it a complete storyline absolutely complete by the way okay see i think it's a lot easier to sell people if you say hey it's 13 episodes and it is a complete storyline you can watch the whole thing and have closure on all of these stories and also if if you finish this and um and want more because it it does leave you with you, you know there's a few things that um they're, they're they're never pointed out to right like like it's never brought up but you might have a few very few niggling questions in the back of your head and luckily there is an audio drama that has been translated for for english audiences and it's about 6 minutes per episode uh and it, you you know and it takes place between each episode and what it, what the uh, what it is is basically there's this one character who is talking about uh, mentions casually radio waves and how you can listen in on, on radio waves and it's him bugging different characters and just picking up their conversations. So, so there there's a few things where you're like, wait, 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 wait a minute, but how did that get up there? And it's actually answered in the audio drama. And it's even better when you uh, when it ends and you you find out uh, the murderer uh, and what was up with all that and and who went missing and why they went missing and and uh, everyone's involvement or non involvement in the murder. You find out all this stuff and basically this audio drama is from the point of view of a character who's almost like the the viewer who's you know just 
watching these conversations take place and isn't doing anything about it, but is just just knows what's going on. It's 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 so fascinating. Uh, I'm so happy that you guys like this. This was a uh, yeah. Th- this was just something I was like, I need I need to share this, and I need to see if anyone anyone at all can hear about this and and just know that it's 13 episodes and it is phenomenal. I mean, we're planning on finishing it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Exactly. We're planning on finishing it. I'm sure we will talk about something that you will not be finishing later. Um, well, that wraps up uh, the discussion of Odd Taxi, unless there's something else you guys want to say. This this question's uh, there, but we'll be discussing it uh, in other spots, too. And I don't know why I wrote it down here. But did you guys notice any recurring tropes in these things that we've experienced this week? I mean, I don't know, because there were things that I, I mean, like putting these three things together. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later. These are three very disparate yeah. things. Yeah. And so I don't know if I, there could have been some tropes that I would have recognized if I was more familiar with some of these different genres. Mm -hmm. I will say the one thing I did turn to Sam while I was reading One Piece to say was, wait, is it a stereotype in Japan that girls like sweet desserts? Because that was definitely something that came up in your name and One Piece as well. Apparently it is that, that girls just really like sweet food everyone likes sweet food in japan well i would i would say that but both like there's a character in your name like we'll talk about your name in a minute but like the the they're making fun of a boy who is eating sweet food like why are you spending all my money on dessert but it's actually a girl who's spending all the money on dessert and so like that's that's like part of the joke is like, why are you spending like the There's like this really funny joke about how he doesn't eat sweet food and she does. And then that comes up in one piece as well. When this little girl makes like these rice balls and they have uh and, and apparently they're gross because they have sugar instead of salt on them. So yeah, I, that was just something I noticed. I was like, is this a stereotype? Like, is this a, one of those gender things? Like women be loving sweet food, you know, like that kind of thing. No, um, the, I I I think I think the uh the the rice balls in one piece were because she's a child and she didn't couldn't find salt. Uh yeah 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 let let's just get let's just get into it. Let's talk about your name. What what is what is what is your name about? And Sam, I swear to God, if you say any of our actual names, I'll I'll take this one. So your name is a film, an animated film. I'm an animated that... film. Yeah exactly. Yes. Good, I mean, that is the best description I have with you, is that you're an animated film. But yeah, it's an animated film. Put him in the vault, leave him there. <laughs> I had to jump on that before Sam did. It's an animated film about two teenagers, I guess they're teenagers at the beginning of the film, who one is a... A uh, high school girl, I should have looked up the names before we recorded this because it's been a week since I saw the film. Uh, one of them is a high school girl who lives in a rural town, and the other is a high school boy who lives in Tokyo, and they suddenly start Taki switching bodies. Yes. Taki so is they the suddenly. Mitsuha is the girl. 
Yes, thank you. I did know this a week ago when I watched it because they repeat. The whole point is that they're trying to remember each other's names. Yeah. So they start switching bodies like every other day they switch bodies. And so and they think that they're dreaming at first because like the film kind of starts where they've already been doing it for like a couple of weeks, but they haven't realized it yet because they think they don't really remember it the next day when they're in their own bodies. But then they start to realize that they are living each other's lives about every other day. And so that's like the basic premise of this. Although this also has a turn like that I was not expecting (laughs) about halfway through. But yeah, that is the basic premise of your name. Okay. Okay. I, I, I I need to know because uh, Sam, Sam's there just looking exasperated. I I need to know just yes or no. Did you enjoy this movie? Yes. Okay. Okay. That I I just had to get that out of the way now. Because your your name, if you don't know, took Japan by storm. Is wait 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 pun intended? No, but now it is. Oh oh. So okay. Cool. And, and anyway. Do you do you guys think that this story could be adapted to uh, Western audiences? Yes. And is it even? No, a that good doesn't idea? mean you. Sh- yeah, that doesn't mean you should. I mean, but obviously, it would be very easy to stop it. That would be very easy to do. It would be something that people would enjoy. It's it's a good story. Um, we like this kind of science fictiony thingamadoo. Um, I would say it's yeah. magical realism. Well, it well it is because you know, of course, magical realism is, and you know, Murakami is really the 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 king of magical realism in Japan. Um, Banana Yoshimoto's Kitchen. I mean, these are really good stories. When you say magical realism, you got to realize that America is pretty much the only place that sucks at that game and that's actually a longer conversation but we do like body swapping we do like this kind of technology based story we like this kind of sliding door narrative which i used as a reference in class the other day and i was like you guys don't know like a 1999 gwyneth paltrow movie i'm sorry We do like these kinds of stories. And so, yeah, it, it is magical realism, but I don't think that's why it would work. It would work because most of the central ideas of the story are things that we like well. Now, you shouldn't, right? You don't need... We talked about this a few weeks ago, right? Not everything should be remade. But yes, it could be. I don't know if the U.S. has... I mean, this is not to knock on U.S. animation because I think a lot of it is very good. I don't know if this style could be replicated in the U.S. It is a beautifully animated film. Like, the animation in this film is just, like, another step. And this came out in 2016. So, I don't know. Like, I... It's gorgeous. This film is gorgeous. Like, even if you're not into the body swapping or any of the other, like, magical realism fantasy stuff in this film... Like, ju- even just, like, sitting down, putting it on, and letting these images wash over you is just, it's a really gorgeous experience. I was, I was specifically referring to a live-action adaptation. Uh-oh. Yeah, same, same here. Uh... I don't know. I don't 
if I'd be as interested, honestly. Like, it is you such wouldn't. a... Well, it's just a beautiful film. I don't think everything that's animated has to be made into live action either. Like, some of it's just better to leave animated. Right. Well, uh, it is... It was, uh, at one point, being made into a live action. I believe that has now been canceled, or at least it's put on hold. It was going to be written by Emily V. Gordon and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, who... Uh, is the director of Minari. Hmm, okay. There was that, but you you spoke of animation, and uh, Tessa, I, I really need to let you know about uh, Makoto Shinkai, the director of this. He is one of the big animators now, and he started his entire career basically doing these animations himself on a laptop. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he has he has a few shorts that are just fantastically beautiful. But there's another movie called Five Five Centimeters Per Second that he did, which was pretty uh pretty big, and I really recommend that. But there's also a movie which uh Five Centimeters Per Second is kind of an anthology film slash hyperlink story, bringing back to uh Odd Taxi. But his new movie Weathering with You which is kind of a spiritual successor to your name. Uh, at least there, there's, yeah, yeah. If you if you really want th- these kinds of very stunning and beautiful animation, uh, Makoto Shinkai is the one to look for. Um, it's really, now both of you study YA to some level. Well, Sam much more than Tessa. Do you, it, is this a good like example of a YA story? Like kind of like a, uh, it it's it's not it's not really a story for children, but it's a story kind of for younger audiences as well as older audiences. I mean, I don't study YA. Sam does, so he'll have to answer this question. Right, but you read but YA, which I do read a lot of YA, you, not as much as Sam. But right, right. I, you study it because you read sort it. of, not you're, really. You're um, an academic. You can't turn it off, Tessa. <laughs> I I think this is great. I. I really like how they approached the gender swapping aspects of this because there's a lot about, I mean, it's comical and it's funny, but they don't, and they, they do engage with some stereotypes, but they complicate those stereotypes at the same time, which I really, really appreciated. There's a lot about like body dysmorphia in this and the fact that like, she kind of wants to be a boy, like, which I... I thought was really interesting. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I I really liked this in terms of talking about adolescence and, like, growing up in a rural community, but also growing up in the city and, like, some of those things as well. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious and funny. There's also a lot about uh, Shintoism in it as well, which is not something I know as much about. Um, Sam was kind of explaining some of some stuff about that to me as well. But that was also really beautiful and, like, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. What did you think, Sam, about the adolescent part of this? Uh, I'll just say really quickly, as somebody who had the fortune, I've definitely referred to it as misfortune at times, although I understand it was a gift. It didn't feel that way pre-internet for a 15-year-old. I lived in rural Japan. And uh, so I, I, I've been there twice. The first time was for a month. The second time was close to a year, both times in rural areas. So I've, I've been a tourist in urban Japan, but I lived in the rural sections. And Shintoism is, is bigger 
in the rural areas, the place that I lived uh, in the Iwate Prefecture, Tono, uh, is is the home of the kappa, which is the the water sprite. So you get in, you get into a lot of the um, the the folklorish aspect. I think it's really interesting because religion is not even close to as big of a deal there as it is here. I've sometimes thought of it as nominal religion, like you're nominally Buddhist or you're nominally Shinto. Unless you're in a cult. Well, the Om Shinrikyo was a was a whole thing, and that was going on while I was there. The um the the gas attack happened the day after to the minute that I was in that station. Um, so it was it was a whole thing. I'm talking about Happy Science, the current cult in Japan that is. Uh, anyway, it's it's interesting because it's it's uh, you know like I said it's a it's a you could almost refer to it as nominal religion. So it only comes up in these very dramatic ways, you know, rarely. Um, but it's interesting the way, especially the the grandmother character, you know, talks about that that spiritual side, and I definitely think that's something you more see in rural communities um, to generalize. So, you know, one of the big things about this movie is the rural versus the urban, right? As far as it being a YA, uh, you know, sure. Without getting too much into it, because I don't want to spoil the end, something that happens at the end pretty much ruins it in terms of it being a straight-up YA. You know, young adult lit is not a genre. It's a, it's a publishing marketing convention but you know the folks who study it and the folks who write it kind of have more or less settled on some ideas about what makes YA YA and up until say the last five minutes and Andy you know what I'm talking about this would definitely operate as a YA but the end kind of says no 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 that's not what it is so yeah, almost. This this is this is not a western story. I don't, I don't no. think many western movies would end the same way. I don't know. I I don't I don't buy that. I think that this would be like I said before, I think it'd be very easily adaptable. I think most of the things about this story people would understand because there are elements of this story in other pieces of pop culture. I just named several earlier. I don't know. I see it as pretty easy. I'm surprised it got canceled. I really want to say that I really want to name a movie, but if I do, it's going to like spoil what the twist is of this particular film. I will say that Western cinema has made something very similar to this story and it's really bad. There is like a movie that I could compare this to and say like, this is how Western people did this really terribly. I really want to know what that is. But I don't want to say it because again, if I I say it, people will know. Go ahead and say it for us and I'll bleep it out. You promise I you'll promise take it I'll, out? I promise okay. I'll bleep it out. It's like... What? Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the <sighs> one with the... Makes visual gestures at Tessa, and she says... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. see? But, it's, but that person's terrible. That was a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> this would have been good, maybe, question mark. But the original is good. Right. So, so wait, but Tessa... I like 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 I get that you're talking about Triumph of the Will, but <laughs> no. I don't think this movie is an animated version of Triumph of the Will. Uh, okay. No, it's no no no. 
It's it's much more Nosferatu in that way. <laughs> All right, now you guys are just being maybe, silly. Maybe a little bit of uh, M, maybe. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> the Hall of Mountain King starts playing. Anyway, um, now now Tessa, earlier in our run as podcasters, you covered a Hayao Miyazaki movie, Spirited Away. Now, most people, most Western audiences would be like, oh, it's those Japanese devil cartoons and just call it a day. Would they, would they, would they, would they say Japanese devil cartoons? That is what my grandma said. So, okay. So wait, hold on, Andy. I just hold on to check in. Do you think most people are like your grandma? Yes. Because I have news for you. <laughs> Uh, I I think I think uh, what is it? Seventy nine million people checks twenty twenty election results. Seventy nine million people are like my grandmother. What what Tessa? How 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 would you describe this movie being different? Because yeah, I did pick these three examples. First of all, uh, I picked these three because we have a, a an anime TV show, an animated movie, and a manga. Um, but they're also very different genres. Yes, very, very different. But yeah, how how is this different from Spirited Away? So, I mean, I think it's different. It it kind of comes from the same tradition. I could definitely see the influence of Miyazaki on this. I mean, I think it's hard to say that. I mean, I think a lot of animation is influenced by Miyazaki, Japanese, American, what what have you. Right. But it is very different in the sense that this is much more invest. First of all, the animated, the animation style is different. Like it does have kind of the same imagination, but it's, it is distinct from something like Spirited Away. The other thing I would say is that it comes from a similar tradition in terms of magical realism, but it's not. It's not as invested in the fantasy worlds of Miyazaki because Miyazaki's very. From what I've seen, and I hope to see, because I really enjoyed Spirited Away, it, he is very interested in creating these very elaborate worlds of fantasy. This is way more interested in more of a mystical, philosophical pondering of the universe, I think, than in just like showing you these images that indicate that there's another world. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's very much the same scope of visual imagination, but they are invested, like Miyazaki goes more towards fantasy. This goes more towards the magical realism. But what also, what does that tell us about these characters sort of exploration? Does that make sense? I wasn't expecting this question. So that, that was me just making stuff up on the, on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, you know, they were in the notes for, Three weeks, you know. Yeah, Tessa doesn't like making stuff up as she goes along. That's that's what I do. Again, you you are the force of chaos, Stan. Yeah, I am well known for that. You, you know, I don't. I have to say this. This is this is controversial, and you could have definitely picked this up from context clues. I don't think Tessa will be shocked at all. I don't really care for Miyazaki, and and I say that only having seen Spirited Away, but I've seen it more than once. And I'll be honest with you, you know, everybody who tries to get me to watch Miyazaki, it's like, oh, fine. Like, I know it's good, but I don't want to. It feels like homework. 
Watching Miyazaki feels like reading a classic work of British literature that I haven't read yet. Because I've read most of the fun ones already. Like, it feels like homework. And it, it, maybe that's not deserved. Maybe I'll like Castle in the Sky. You know, I've read Princess Mononoke in, like, old Japanese. Because I'd had to do it for a, a course during my undergrad. So, like, I've kind of vaguely interested in seeing that story animated since I've worked an entire semester to, like, churn through their version of old English. I mean, just, it's a whole different language. But that's it. Like, I don't... So that's kind of what I thought when we were going to watch this epi- uh, this movie. And I was like, oh, this isn't that at all. Cool, 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 cool. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Sam, I actually agree with you. Watching Miyazaki, for the most part, does feel like you're doing homework. Um, yeah, I... It's it's weird. I, I it's a hot take for most people because you know everyone's like, oh, you like anime? You have you seen Miyazaki? It's like it's like the same thing of like, oh, you love movies? Have you seen Citizen Kane? Yes, I get it. Well, Citizen Kane was really interesting and engrossing, but it, exactly. And everything that people say about Miyazaki is true. I I don't want to take that away from that at all. I mean, he, his stuff, uh, Studio Ghibli is as good as people say it is. Yes. But absolutely. I don't have to like it. Exactly. Which is the way a lot of people feel about Citizen Kane. Now, I'm going to say they're wrong, just as many people say I'm wrong about Miyazaki. So I guess we're all on the same page now. I do think it's fascinating that this was distributed by Toho. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, fun link, fun link between this movie and Godzilla movies. Well, that's, I mean, don't spoil the third act of your name oh where there's God. a giant kaiju, Tessa. Come on, man. <laughs> Having it turn into Godzilla versus King Kong was really interesting. I, I, I mean, the thing about it is, I, I, I really admire your ingenuity in this one, Andy, to link three disparate things that all feature kaiju. Like, good job, man. Uh I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think I think a lot of films would actually benefit from a kaiju in the third act. A surprise kaiju, as it were. But not the Pacific Rim sequel. No. <laughs> a surprise non-kaiju. Hey, we did it. Uh, okay. Please, please, please change the subject. <laughs> okay, okay. Recommend. Do you recommend your name? Yes. 100%. If if anything that we have said interests you, or if you like animation at all, 100%. Watch this. Okay, now it's time for everyone's favorite part of an episode that Andy has a hand in. It's time to play a game that I've made to make uh. Tessa and Sam strain their relationship. <laughs> So it's time to start the quiz to find out which one of my two lovely students that did their homework this week really did their homework this week. Question one. Most of these have very little to do with anything that you would have seen. Uh, I noted that your name took Japan by storm, but how much by storm did it take it? And what I'm actually asking is, what place do you think it fell in the Japanese box office records? Sanban. 
Oh, you already know. Okay. Is it? Oh, you you don't know. No, that was a guess. I have no idea what that means. Okay, well, Tessa? So What, well, yeah. what does that mean? Like I, We'll talk about it in a minute. You guess. Yeah. Yeah. I just guess. Is that a number? Like yes. are you looking yes, for yes. a number? I guess okay. He he said a number. I'm going to I'm going to say number 1. Yeah. That's usually what you mean when you say something takes by storm. So, so to be clear, Tessa said Ichiban and I said Sanban. Uh-huh. So what is okay. So what is it? Well, um it is the third highest Japanese movie to be in Japan. So Nailed it. Com- yes, yes. Uh now now that that <laughs> there is a, a technicality there. There are two American movies mm. that were released that did beat it, and then two Japanese movies. What two movies do you think are, that are American uh, beat your name? And I'm going to give you a clue. And Sam, you will get one of these immediately because of this. The year is 1997. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, really? I would have thought they would have both been... I would have thought they were both Marvel movies. That's what I was going to oh, guess. Oh, no. Neither of these is a Marvel movie. One of them is 1997. One of them is 2014. Wait, you said 97. 97, yes. Right. And the other one was 2014? 2014. I have no Do idea. Do you know what the 97 is? No. A little film by Jimmy Cameron. Titanic? That's right. That is correct. That was Titanic. 97. Titanic is the number three movie all time in 2014 okay. it's a dark time and I, i'm going to say this i know for a fact tessa has seen this movie well probably. you probably have two but you've also probably seen it within the last year or so is it a fast and furious movie no in fact the fast and furious is not very popular in, in japan um, well i only asked well, that's because why that's... They, that's why they made tokyo wait Drift, is it a bond movie to... It is not a bond. No, 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 uh-uh. no, no. Uh-uh. You, is, you, is it a franchise movie? Um, it is now. In 2014, it was not. It was the first movie in a franchise. Oh. Is it Godzilla? No. No, no, I think I know. I think I know. Guess. I have no idea. Are you, are you, is it a Keanu movie? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. I don't know. Okay. You, you, you guys aren't thinking of the one thing that is super big in Japan is super popular, mm-hmm. and it goes a little something like this. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O. Oh, no, the copyright trolls are coming. Uh, okay. It but is but they Disney haven't movie. made movies about Pachinko yet, to my knowledge. Not here, anyway. It, 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 it is, it is a, a Disney movie. What came out in 2014? I don't know. I we get... Out? Move a little, move it along, Andy. Oh, this <laughs> we is, don't this know. Is, so, so, so you guys are stuck on this. You, yes. you, you can't, you can't, you can't figure it out. You're, you're sitting there, just cold out of a, out of a question. Uh, Let it go, Andy. Yes, it is frozen. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, the other thing was this was also uh the first movie. To almost beat Spirited Away. 
in Japan. Spirited Away was, until very recently, the number one animated movie in Japan. Makes sense. Or mm-hmm. number one movie of all time in Japan. Mm-hmm. But it was absolutely destroyed by something this year. This year? It uh, came out well, this year. 2020. 2020, 2021, it came out in America. It is of the same genre as One Piece. Wait, we're talking about a Japanese film. Is that right. correct? It's a Japanese film. It's a, uh, it, it, it is an anime. It is a, uh, you, you know, aimed for um, I have no young idea. boys with fighting. Uh, oh, oh. I, 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 figured, I figured one of you would have seen all the, uh, the, the thing pieces for it. Um, no. Okay. No, it is sorry. a movie called Demon Slayer. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah it it uh it it destroyed Japanese box office. Okay, it 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 slayed the box office. Is that is that right? Yes, yes. it was it was right there, dude. Yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to be good about this. I'm trying not to do go for the uh, no. I I didn't think about it. I really didn't. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just kind of on there. But your name was just completely uh took Japan by storm. It was super cool. It was super fun to, to watch that the box office uh go um and for it to almost beat Spirited Away. Almost. But it lost to Frozen and Titanic. So next quiz. This this will this will be one uh fifty fifty, so you can guess. One piece is kind of popular (laughs) just so so the question is how popular is it i mean what's the metric we're going by here uh uh, sorry i'm I'm thinking of a way to, to to formulate this so it makes sense because okay we have i i i have a list of the top selling manga of all time I'm only going to ask you names that you would recognize uh, as normal American people. Do you think One Piece has sold more or less than Dragon Ball? Wait, are you talking number of units? Or are you talking about money? Oh, sorry. I, 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 am, I am talking solely about a number of units right now. Okay. I mean, One Piece. One Piece. There's more of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. No. You. You. You are. You are absolutely correct. It has. It has sold uh, a lot of, of books, and I'm not going to get to that because there's something more important here. Do you think One Piece has sold more, or less than Captain America? Now, Captain America. What I'm talking about is the number of Captain America issues. So that's. 9,000 Captain American issues since 1941 as they have sold approximately 210 million copies. One Piece? Yeah, I'm going to say One Piece. And I, I am just talking about just the books of One Piece, not the weekly. Okay. I'm going to say One Piece. Okay, that's cool. Is that right? Do you think One Piece is... Okay. Uh, oh, yes, yes, <laughs> I mean, that, that, yeah. that is correct. <laughs> Okay. Do you think One Piece has sold more or less than Superman? And I'm talking 15,000 issues of Superman 
from 1938 to the present, approximately Based on where million. this has been going so far, I'm going to say One Piece. I think the only thing that has outsold One Piece is another manga. And I would be interested to know if that's true when we're done playing your game, Jigsaw. My game, yes. And if so, I have a thought about something that's actually outsold One Piece, but I, I want to see if you have this. So, But yes, more than Superman. No. No, it hasn't. Come on, guys. It's Superman. Superman's the number one franchise, like, in comic history. Whatever. Uh, doing research for this, though, I did find out that apparently Spawn is on the top <laughs> ten, which... Believe it or not, I believe that. Like, I, I have met Spawn fans. But do you think One Piece has sold more than X-Men? Yeah. And I'll give, I'll give you the number here. 260 million units. Yeah. You're correct. Here's, here, here, here's, here's the, 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 the real, the real nail biter here. Has One Piece sold more than Spider-Man? My beloved Spider-Man. I'm going to say no. 13,500 issues. Since 1963, has One Piece sold more than Spider-Man? Sam is saying yes. Okay. Yes, One Piece has indeed sold more than Spider-Man. All right. The final question for this. Batman. The question, right? Because basically if Superman didn't, but everything else did, Batman's going to be the only <laughs> thing... That could possibly have sold more, other than I, I Superman. Really, I really, really had to think about whether or not to ask this question. I mean, like the order, the order to ask these. It feels like yes. Okay. Like Batman has sold more. Batman has sold more. Feels okay. like. That that is seventeen thousand issues, which is two thousand more than Superman. By the way. Right. You think? Nineteen thirty nine. You think? I just don't know how well Batman travels. Right. Uh, well, because he Batman has to lug all that only... gear around, and Superman is like super strong. <laughs> uh, well, Batman has only sold 448 million individual little floppy comics. The number of One Piece sold is 490 million. So One Piece is now the number two comic franchise of all time. Wow. And. Sam, you might have picked up on that. I said number two comic franchise. One Piece has blown past any other manga series. So, okay. So while we were doing this, I, I looked it up. And I here's something that I think is really interesting. Because I was thinking about a series that was popular when I lived there, which is, which is Slam Dunk. Uh, and that is apparently like way, way down. It's like number eight, but it's only sold like a third of what One Piece has sold. But what I think is interesting, though, if you redid the metric, like if you reevaluated number of units sold compared to the length of the run. Mm hmm. All of these that are really huge but have run for a long time go straight down. 
And it looks like to me, just by a quick glance, the two that have sold the most relative to how long their runs are are um, Demon Slayer mm-hmm. and Slam Dunk. Because Demon Slayer ran for, it looks like, five years, and Slam Dunk run, ran for seven. So that, I think that's pretty interesting, the fact that, because that's what I was thinking. I wondered if it had sold more, um, because everybody was reading it. And, and that's what's really interesting, when you have something like One Piece that runs so long, and of course you compare that to Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, it, One Piece has obviously had a huge impact do you think, before you ask us what we think, do you think that One Piece has had an impact more because of its longevity or more because of the story? Which one is it? If you had to pick. If I had to pick, it's the story. I, I, I will point out that if you, ta- or if you sort this list by average sales per volume, right? So this is average, you know, One Piece now has 100 volumes. Uh, Slam Dunk is number five with 3.87 million copies sold per its 31 volumes, which is insane. Demon Slayer is now number one, which is probably one of the reasons why it, the movie destroyed the box office. Has, has One Piece been adapted into an anime? Yes. Okay, because Slam Dunk had been adapted too, and I, I think that's probably also a driver. Yeah, uh, One Piece's anime is about to enter its 1,000th episode. Dear Lord. Um, and uh, sorry, and, I asked. Yeah, and uh, and and Dragon Ball is um, at uh, number two average sales per volume, uh, with One Piece being number three, four point nine million per volume. Oh. Yeah, it's. It is, it is insane, but I really just wanted to talk about how big One Piece is because it is important to uh, denote how impactful One Piece is currently because it is not as popular in America as it is everywhere else in the world. I mean, as per usual. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I mean even, even with just like, um, just amongst anime fans... You know, people who love that they oh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of and eh, one piece is for kids mm. kind of mentality. Can can um, I just say real fast because I'll hate myself if I don't say it, but I might please. hate myself more if I do say it. Oh, then yes, absolutely. So say it now. I I don't know how one piece how long it's gonna run, but but I wonder if the sequel two piece is gonna be any better. And and I know what you're thinking, <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Will the threequel Monokini? So that's it, right? It's called a Monokini, is that right? I wonder if that'll be better, or or will the threequel be called Tankini? I, what the heck I is a Monokini? <laughs> that's where you have a two-piece swimsuit, but it's actually connected. Which is. Which is, which is how you actually describe the sequel two-piece. Because at first you think it's a standalone, but like 700 issues in, you see the connection. So the whole thing becomes a monokini. That's it. That's it. We did it. Reluctant high five from Tessa. Let's talk about One Piece. It's your fault for keeping this going. Game recognized game. 
I never start the fight, but I finish <laughs> it. Okay, 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 okay. So, this brings us to my number one favorite franchise. One Piece. One Piece. Even more than Spider-Man. Even more than Spider-Man. Wow. If I if I ever get a tattoo, it is going to be a One Piece tattoo. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying? Are you saying that you like Luffy better than Reed Richards? Okay, first of all, his name is Luffy. Do you like Rubber Boy better than Rubber Boy? Yes. Oh, much better. Okay. Much better. He'll always uh, be Luffy okay. to me. That's fine. That that that's fine. So, was One Piece the best thing you've ever read, or just one of the best things you've ever read? I'm letting Sam start this one because I started the last. In, no. <laughs> I mean, you you could have led with a better question. Did I like it? But then you, okay. you, you had to do the hubris thing. You had to ask if it was one of the best things. And so you really set yourself up or you set me up for the hordes of One Piece fans to come at me either way. But if it's one of the best things ever, the answer is no. Out of curiosity, how much of this did you read? Because I got through the end of volume two, which I believe is 17 issues. So I'm okay. finished with um, uh, the clown pirate dude. Tessa, how, how much of this did you read? I'm slightly behind, Sam. I'm on issue 15. Interesting. We, we have stuff to do in our lives. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I enjoyed what I read. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay. I'm not okay. going to compare no. it to like Sandman or something like that. Not yet anyway. Uh-huh. I'm sure uh-huh. you're the one who said uh-huh. it takes like hundreds of issues for this to like get good. Like I assume. I, I it just, just, just 100. Okay. <laughs> Just, 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 just one hundred, and I am only acting hoity-toity here because I, I just, I just find it very funny that you, you two are acting like, uh, my college students are like, all right, Andy assigns, I assigned you one hundred chapters of One Piece. Do you want to answer that? No, no, no. I, I, hey, I, I, I like completely understand that one. It was a hard ass. Two, it was a f- ton of time. Three, it's a very hard ask, but it's it's funny that I was like, all right, I'm gonna assign them ten percent, and then they do two. Well, I mean, it from some. I mean, it's not hard when you have thousands and thousands of issues. I, I will say, I've never read a manga before, and I thought that reading right to left was gonna be much more difficult than it was. It wasn't. Like after the first issue, it was pretty easy. So. You know, if that's if that's something that's stopping our audience from reading manga, it shouldn't be. It's actually much easier once you get the hang of it. Now, now, Tessa, you you said something interesting here. Thousands and thousands of issues. How many issues do you think One Piece has? Whatever, Thou- over a thousand. Yeah, it just it just hit one thousand thirty. Okay, still. Okay. That's a okay. lot. All right, all right, all right. So, so, but you but you both enjoyed this. What is One Piece about? Sam is either fading or. Getting very exacerbated, so I I just need to go ahead and wrap this up. What is One Piece about? One Piece is about Luffy. 
You said it right. Well, there is no uh in the Japanese language, so obviously I'm messing with you. But I do read it as Luffy, though. But yeah, so Luffy wants to be a pirate. And at the very beginning, you know, the the pirate that that hangs out in his village is like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, 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 whatever, whatever, kid, and leaves him with his hat, right? Which is like his signature thing, his hat. Um, But he, he eats from the fruit of the rubber tree and becomes super stretchy. So armed with his rubber power and his hat he sets off to become the the greatest pirate of all time and to discover the one piece treasure which is a swimsuit actually what which actually is a swimsuit sure wouldn't that be great but first but first he has to assemble a crew yeah that's kind of where we are the crew building stage I, I assume the crew building stage outlasts like the first five hundred issues, though. So, um, ooh. but yeah, he has the the greatest swordsman of all time in his crew. He's currently recruiting Nami. Is that how you say her name? The navigator. Yes. The pirate yes, thief yes. Nami. Yeah. Which, which means wave. Right. Yeah. I, I like her. She's great because she like tricks those pirates out of their treasure. By pretending to be stranded, and then they're like, she's like, "Oh, you can have this treasure." And then when they're on her boat, she takes their boat. It's great. I enjoy her. Okay, so the the the, the crew building stage kind of hasn't finished yet. Maybe has I don't, I don't know. We have ten members in our crew now. Uh, if you're if you read one thousand thirty chapters, gotcha. Um, but. Uh, if you guys had uh, had actually somehow miraculously managed to finish all the 100 chapters, uh, you'd have the five main members of the crew. Gotcha. Um, but you you would not have the best member of the crew, who is Tony Tony Chopper, a blue nosed reindeer who ate the human fruit. I'm into it. I mean, we are introduced to this idea that perhaps there are more. I think they're are they called devil fruit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are more devil fruit in the world than just the one that Luffy ate. So the one that Luffy ate makes him super stretchy, but he can't swim, which would seem to, I don't know, be a barrier to becoming a pirate at all if you can't swim. But he seems to be pretty optimistic about his chances. Yeah. So uh, one, 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 of, one of the the fun things about One Piece is this devil fruit that you mentioned, which is the one of the magical systems in this a fantasy world uh, where if you eat one, you cannot swim. That is, you. Oh, you, you it's will... all of them. If you eat huh? one, if you eat any of them, you can't swim. If you eat any of them, you can't swim. There are also no duplicates. So they're all like different powers because we've definitely met another person who's eaten them, and it's the the clown pirate buggy, buggy the clown, buggy the clown, and he's he's eaten one of them too. Yeah, he. He ate the chop chop fruit, which allows him to separate his bodies and become basically impenetrable to swords. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's there fascinating. Are s- what what one of one of One Piece's big things beyond just the uh, the idea that uh, the author is a master of both micro 
storytelling and macro storytelling. That's one of the the big things that gets on later. Um, you can tell incredibly good and poignant and different stories that both handle a smaller story, but also the larger overall story. That's one of the things about One Piece is the story has constantly been very organically going forward, which is hard to believe with 1,000 chapters. Uh, and that's that's one of the great gifts. The other gift is that this is kind of like Looney Tunesy, um, in in the fighting, but there's a there, there there's a whimsicalness to the uh, the magical abilities, like being a rubber man, which is not not a very strong power at all compared to some of the other ones that get introduced. There is a a character who is a um he ate the uh the basically the revive fruit which allowed him to for his soul to go back to his body one time except he couldn't find his body and he eventually found his body once it was turned into a skeleton and the hair was grown out um so and he he is their crew member brook he is their violinist and there's a there there there's a running joke that all he needs to do to heal himself is just drink some milk <laughs> it's that it's calcium. it's a, Right, right, ex- exactly. Um, there, there, there's even a point where Luffy gets some teeth knocked out, and all he does is drink some milk, and he has his teeth back. Makes sense to me. I don't know. Again, I've only read like the first fifteen issues, but one of the things that's really stood out to me so far, and I'd be curious to know if this is something that is in like the discourse about One Piece, or if it's something that continues. Is that so far? There's been a lot, a, a long-running thread about masculinity, and like what it means to be a man, what it means to be tough, what it means to be great, and because you get like the, you get like the juxtaposition of the type of masculinity that you see from I think his name is Shanks, um, the the captain who Luffy encounters when he's a kid, who basically is is clearly like one of the greatest like fighters but like doesn't he doesn't really get engaged in fights that aren't important um he doesn't really see people insulting him as something worth getting getting into a fight over and then he obviously sacrifices like his arm for luffy in one of the issues as well but you get that juxtaposed with some of these other like pirates or even the Navy, like Captain Morgan, who's like the first villain that he gets introduced, who's very obsessed with his own greatness. He's obsessed with people respecting him and not insulting him. And he, he like kills, he like wants to kill a little girl because like she disrespected him. And, you know, I, I just think that that, that's, I, I, again, I don't know, 15 issues in, maybe that's not something that continues in the series. But I do think that Luffy, as a character who's trying to become the greatest pirate, is clearly being pulled in a lot of different directions as to what that actually means. Right. So uh, there, there, there's one point rather recently where Luffy says two things. And by rather recently, I mean 10 years ago in the comics. He says, I, I don't want to be pirate, a pirate to be, uh, to be rich. I want to be a pirate to be free. Being the pirate king is just the most free person on the planet. And then... The next thing he follows up with, he's like, I don't want to be a hero. A hero is somebody who shares all his food and I don't want to share my food. Uh, and then to which his uh, number two, Zo- Zo- 
it's Zoro, but unfortunately, due to copyright things, uh, they decided to name him Zolo, um, the swordsman. He says, and I don't want to be a hero either. A hero is somebody who shares his alcohol, and I want to drink all my alcohol. But yes, yes, uh, it is when 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 pirates is being said in this, it is uh, the the main characters are still ninety nine percent good guys. I, I I really 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 love One Piece. I really hope that you guys will uh, give it a chance. There's uh the, there's the arc that is considered to get good is Arlong, which is two arcs after um buggy it's 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 not too far but at that point the creator gets his chance to really truly do this i mean i'm interested in continuing i i yeah it 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 is it is it is truly rewarding i i never expected sam to continue well we haven't talked about this yet andy but i finished the walking dead yeah. And I gotta say, I'm not upset. Kirkman brought the car into the garage without running through the back of the garage <laughs> into the yard. Like, he actually, like, I hate that show with a fire of a thousand suns, but he landed that plane. Like, I am satisfied with the ending of The Walking Dead. The point here is not about The Walking Dead, although we could certainly talk about that some other time. I I don't currently have an ongoing comic and and I could see continuing on with this and I mean like for a dollar 99 a month I mean it seems like a very low investment to make so right. perhaps and I I I will say uh one of the things that uh, many of these mangas are criticized for is the idea of well they're just drawing it out because it makes sales um you know, you know and and that makes sense. I mean, this started in 1997. Um, One Piece has not faltered in sales because it maintains its just complete goal towards the end. Everything is well structured, and it's it's insanely well structured. Um, it just takes a little while to kind of get into it. And Tessa will hate one of the characters. I was so afraid that she would read this character who. Um, who uh is is just a girl crazy cook and and just turn it off immediately uh that 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 was one of the reasons why I tried to make uh the the one hundred chapters thing go because i because once you burn through that then you have the best of one piece uh and it you know nineteen ninety seven Japan was a little different and unfortunately at that point, some of the discussion with, with women in, in this picture were, were uh, not very good. Um, One Piece is incredibly dark and political later on, but it also maintains its lightness and it's fun. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've done multiple podcasts. Please listen to my Hyperfixations podcast starring friend of the uh, podcast, Nigel, and, and Allie. I talked about One Piece for well over an hour uh, and how wonderful it is and how magical I do enjoy the little like how-to drawings at the end of at least some of the issues where it's like how to draw a school in crossbones. Like I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. No, uh, one one piece is it, it's it's fun and it's definitely uh I think it's only number 42 in, in franchise history for just money making, but cuz then you have things like Pokémon and uh Marvel. 
and Harry Potter and Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty. Oh my god, I didn't realize how how much money Hello Kitty made. Yep. Yep. Anyway, tune in next week. Tessa is watching George Clooney's greatest role. I'm watching ER. Plus, we're settling a podcast debate. That's right. Sam and I are finally going to fight over. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Ooh. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) So where can you find where can we find you? Tessa? You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Suela Tessa. Suela is spelled S-W-E-H-L-A. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nanny Ogg's Book Club, where me and friend of the podcast, Nigel, read through all 41 of the Terry Pratchett Discworld novels. I think when this one comes out, if I'm doing the time travel correctly, it should be coming out right before I release the Light Fantastic episode. Is it fantastic? You'll have to listen to find out. Sam, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Morris nine. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Noted. You can find us on Twitter at Monkey Backlog. You can find us uh, or email us at least at monkeyoffmybacklog at gmail.com. And uh, please rate review subscribe whatever it is uh, on any of those podcast apps we could really use the help and you know let people know about us get that monkey off your backlog